0: Live with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: Well, I got one of my good friends in studio tonight, Remy Adelecki. I had him, shoot, I think I had him on the show it was months
2: ago two years ago man it was months ago right (laughs) two years ago wait what (laughs) yeah it was like two years ago man because it was right before transformers came out man i
1: cannot dude that shows (laughs) i'm getting old
2: yeah i thought like it was like a year ago no it was like two because transformers came out in 2017 um june of 2017 it was like two months before that came out dude that is crazy Yeah. so maybe about a year and a half ago over, over a year ago well if you guys haven't
1: Seeing his uh, show, it, you can go to the website, ryan Reese.com, look up Remy Adelecki. He was uh, one of the actors in Transformers. He has a crazy story um, that we're going to be talking about some stuff uh, today. He does have a book coming out soon. But, um, yeah, just go ahead and look it up. He Basically, he has an I Am Second out, too, at iamsecond.com And you can see they did an extremely good uh, video on his story. So, since it's been two years... Yeah, yeah. How's life? How's your kids?
2: How's your wife? Man, life has been good. It's been a journey, as you know, ups and downs. Uh, Wife is great. She's pregnant with our third son. So uh, March. So now I have I have I'm gonna have three boys. My oldest is about to be five. My youngest is about to be four. Um, So yeah, man, got that going. Um, she's still working, still doing the doctor thing. Yeah, and I'm, you know, keeping busy in the film and TV industry. I'm writing a film now. Along, I wrote my book last year, but writing a film now, working on different film projects. Came off of a film project uh, with Michael Bay out in Italy and and, and Abu Dhabi. So yeah, man. T- t-
1: tell us a little bit about all that, all those projects.
2: Yeah, so uh, you know, after Transformers, um, a lot of doors begin to open up for me, like doors that I did not have to open. And I truly believe it was all the Lord. Um, cause after Transformers, I had, well, even during Transformers, I made the decision. I'm not going to really pursue this thing anymore. Cause you know, I'm 30, I was 34 at the time. I was just like, I can't just drop everything, move to Hollywood and be an actor. But, uh, I just started getting phone calls, um, from people in the industry, uh, for commercial work, uh, consulting work, TV work, uh, even film work. And so I just started walking through those doors, um, and it led to an endorsement deal with Jockey. I signed an endorsement deal with Jockey, mm-hmm. so that's been going strong for like I think the past year and a half. Um, I also uh, jumped on the a the a TV show for a little bit called Seal Team. And uh, but you you years. have a background for the listeners. You have a background. You were a Navy Seal, before, yeah. My right? yeah, my background is yeah. special operations. And 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 it was and honestly, and the funny thing is, it's because of my background as a seal mm-hmm. that all of these opportunities started opening up for me in acting, but also as a consultant on film and, and, and TV projects and commercial projects. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah I see actually because I follow you on Instagram and I see a lot. You always training, uh, with with different
2: guys and yeah, You're yeah. still
1: you're still doing all that stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. As a matter of fact, for this film, this last film was Michael Bay's uh, recent film. It's called uh, Six Underground. It's going to come out on net on Netflix in, in July, um, uh, the first first month uh, of, of pre-production i had all i had a few of the actors up in uh la and, and we were g- going through workouts and and running through weapons training pistol training sniper training all, tactics training all that's to prepare crazy. them for their role so yeah. yeah i'm still doing that when when time permits dude that's awesome so god's been opening a lot of doors and uh
1: you know i you know i i love um you know when we were here two years ago i guess uh, we were talking about how you know, a lot of people feel like when they when they find Jesus they have to like just kind of walk away from everything and be isolated yeah. in the institution but yet God's called us to to be in the world not of the world Absolutely. and here you are um just out there letting your light shine and and God opens these doors and you are you're you're there and you're able to have conversations it's not like you're going knocking people over the head i know your personality you're not knocking people over the head with the gospel but um when those opportunities happen you're able to share with them and and God, um, he has you there. And, and you're. it's almost like I, I say, tell people, like, when I go out to concerts, I'm bringing the gospel backstage.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
1: that's basically what you're doing here in the, in the industry is you're bringing the gospel backstage in a sense.
2: Absolutely. I, I truly believe that, the you know, yeah, the money's good. Yeah, all of these other things, perks come with it. But I, being a Christian, I know that God has me there to be a light. Yeah. And that is it. It's, well, there's
1: nothing wrong yeah. with making money. Yeah. I mean, God didn't call us, you know, I mean— he create, he gave us a mind of, you know, your wife's a doctor. Absolutely. You know, there's attorneys, there's Christian attorneys, there's all these it's what you do exactly. with the finances, you know, there's no problem with that.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So so, like, so
1: tell us a little bit about uh so you're writing a, you're writing a book.
2: Yeah, well I wrote my book. I wrote my book last year, so my so go okay. For everybody who's interested go to Mm transformstory.com um that's the website um and title of the book is transformed the subtitles are pretty long it's a a navy seals unlikely journey from the throne of africa to the streets of the bronx of defying all odds uh about i want to say in july right after transformers um again i was approached for different opportunities and one of the opportunities i was approached with was with a book deal um i was i've been friends with kathy lee Gifford for for man about three, four years now, and she's been a tremendous blessing in my life, and I've been friends with her family, her son uh, specifically, Cody Grifford, who who's an awesome guy, and uh i went on the today show for transformers and afterwards she pulled me aside and she said remy you need to write a book and i was like nah i'm not gonna write a book like you know because there's a whole stigma attached to seals who write books oh is that yeah you know it's it's, it's been a, it's been like it's almost like the Im- impartable sin for uh-huh. a seal to write a book you know after some some of the things that's come out in the past and, and so i i didn't want to write a book for those reasons and then she just said remy but your story is inspirational i mean Came from a rich family in, in in Africa, family became poor, moved to the Bronx, did the things you did, selling drugs, doing all of these things, and, and then you became a seal, and now you're doing like that's an inspirational story, and God's fingerprint is all over your story. And even
1: the way God revealed Himself to you when you were just out in the field after you were caught up in all this crazy lifestyle, you're exactly. you're in the middle of t- tell the listeners like what happened in that God encounter.
2: Yeah, I was uh, I was in Kodiak, Alaska, uh, for cold weather survival training, cold weather seal survival training. And you're a brother from Africa. And I, yeah, I was born in Africa. Man. So The cold is my kryptonite, man. I'm gonna be real with you, uh, but yeah, I was out there, and uh, and you know, I was I had fluctuated between atheism and agnosticism. Um, made fun of Christianity, hated Christianity. my brother was a Christian. I remember just making fun of him. And he he told me, he said, you know, Remy, if you ever hit rock bottom, you know, cry out to Jesus. So anyway, I was out in Alaska and uh, I was on these long uh, uh, land navigation hikes in order to, to to find my points. And I was in the middle of the wilderness by myself. There were no one else around me and in the midst of, of the, the quietness and the stillness of the forest and uh, the wilderness. God began to you know reveal himself to me and, and what he did was he, it was as though he was holding up a mirror and showing me you know what I had become because at this point in my life I was reckless I mean I was a womanizer I was I was just a wild crazy I was a barbarian I mean that's the easy way to describe <laughs> yeah, it totally and I was far from God way far from God and but God began to hold up this mirror it was as though he was holding up this mirror and showing me what I had become and as I looked through this mirror I did not like what I saw at all I mean I was disgusted it and I, I just said to myself, man, like, who are you? Like, who is this person? Like, what have you been doing all of these years? It was almost as though I, you know, I didn't live in my body, and and I made the decision that I'm gonna change myself, I'm gonna turn my life around, I'm gonna fix myself. And uh while I was in Alaska, I tried to fix myself, I tried meditation, I tried other new age practices, I tried all of these different things and nothing worked. And then I remember my brother telling me, you know, try Jesus, cry out to Jesus, pray to Jesus. So in my despair, I just started crying out to Jesus. And um You're in yeah. the you're in the middle of Alaska, no one's around. No one's around. I mean, when I would go back to to base camp, there were people around, but
1: But when you're out on patrol or whatever, when, you're, yeah, you're by yourself.
2: But when I'm out, yeah, navigating, yeah, it's nothing but yeah. bush and beers, the Kodiak beer is the yeah. largest <laughs> beer on the face of the planet. But <laughs> and and yeah, you know, I just started crying out to Jesus and uh man, like miraculous crazy things begin to happen um i began to just see god move i began like it was specific things that god would show me through numbers and and scripture to reveal to me that he was with me and um and yeah, man, and, and, and that's what really kind of led me into a relationship with Christ. When I got back from Alaska, I went to church and uh, completely surrendered my life to Christ. And then from there, it's been a journey. And, and that whole story uh, is is a part of my book. Um, as I was sharing with you yeah. before we jumped on the air, you know, the way I tried to write my book, I tried to write it in a very raw and authentic way. Right. Uh, so my my Christian testimony mm-hmm. uh, is, is is shared in my book, but it's not really shared into, until, you know, uh, towards the end of the book.
1: First, personally, I'm a fan of of seeing that kind of stuff because like, when Head, uh, the guitar player from Corn, when he wrote his book, yeah. he was very raw in his book. And yeah. when I first gave my life to God, that was the first book. Literally, literally the next day, I went to the Christian bookstore and I bought a Bible and I saw this dude on the front cover of this yeah. magazine. I was like, I didn't grow up listening to Corn, but he looked like all my friends. He was yeah, covered yeah. in tattoos, long hair, oh, sketchy yeah. looking guy. Yeah. And when I read it, <laughs> it was so raw that literally... It didn't wasn't raw at the time to me. That yeah. was just my language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was reading it, I was literally going, "Whoa, dude! This I feel like this dude's like me talking." Exactly. Like I just related to it. So yes, I think it's crucial yeah. and important for that person that you're trying
2: to reach. No, Absolutely, I think there's enough Christian clean cut. And there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, clean cut Christian books out there. um, But your book shows the transition. Yeah. Yeah. My book clearly does show the transition, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I kind of wanted to stray away from that clean cut, you know, because again, you know, people want like, like you, people want to be able to read a book, especially those who don't, who are new to 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 faith in Christ or those who are curious about it, people want to read a story and they want to be able to relate to it. Yes, they want to be able to say, "Wow, that's me. Wow, that's the life I can. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, like if God could take him from here, because for the past 20 chapters he's been a dirtbag, heathen, yep. crazy dude, and I've been able to experience that with him in the reading journey, and he's here now. If people can relate to that, then they then it's, the faith becomes more real to them. Mm-hmm. It becomes, in my opinion, more tangible to them. And so that was why I intentionally, you know, wrote the book every word of it i wrote myself the way the way i wrote it yeah
1: yeah it's it's uh it's just being authentic absolutely being authentic and i've 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 hung out with you before and you know your story is raw and but i mean if you look at just like just the whole culture when you're looking at instagram and you're Mm -hmm. you're just watching how wild the world really is yeah yeah your book is not it might be a little shocking to the Christian. Christian little ears. Oh, I can't believe I've heard that word. Well, do you not live in the world? Because yeah. I hear that. I hear cuss words
2: everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And the reality is, when you look at the culture, I mean, Barna Group said that atheism has doubled with millennials. Yeah. And then it even doubled again since Gen Z. Wow. So that, that means that shows a whole culture yeah. that there's only 4% of people in schools right now that even believe that the Bible could be real and yeah. God could be real. Wow. So we have a whole atheist world that your book. So it's perfect timing for yeah, this book.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. you know? I agree. God is doing something, doing wrote it for such a time as this. Think, Heck yeah, one
1: hundred percent.
2: I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Um, and and you know what? As I share, I think I share with you, this book has come under so much attack, spiritual attack, not like 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 you know, physical attack. And yeah. what I mean by that is, dude, like every I've had. I've had fights with partners. I'm just gonna leave it at that as yeah. it relates to the writing in the book, um, writing of the book. I've I've uh the Pentagon was supposed to have cleared the book in July. They still haven't cleared the book. Um, I've had all kinds of things happen around it where when you look at it from a spiritual standpoint, it's because the enemy does not want this book to come out. Have you ever,
1: when you were writing this stuff, was there any words that were ever messed up and said the wrong thing? Did that ever happen in, in print? That happened with a couple books, with no. Frank Sontag's book. Oh, oh wow, wow, wow. And my parents' book on doctrines. Yeah. When they wrote it, there was some text that was co- totally to contradict oh, wow. what what yeah.
2: Now, I hope that doesn't happen. They yeah, can't I, the publisher can't even print my book yet because the Pentagon <laughs> hasn't cleared it. But if that but if that does happen, I'm gonna But really I'm just saying it. this is all part of the
1: spiritual warfare. Frank Sontag yeah. goes, hey. Satan's in technology, so no, be careful is, on those man. on the emails. He is so yeah. so yeah. So there's been a lot of attack because it is going to have high impact, and that's when you know it's going to be to be good. Uh, where can people order it again? Because Pre- uh, they can pre-order it now, right? Yeah, they
2: can pre-order it right now. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and that's why one of the reasons why I want to you know come here just to drive people to pre-order because you know you know as you as if people don't know outside, yeah. Um, the way the book world works is the the larger your pre-order, yep. A run yep. the larger your print run the larger your print run the, the larger the books you know the book spreads out there and so i've been kind of trying to drive people to pre-order because this is a book that needs to spread and specifically i've been trying to drive christians to pre-order because we're always looking for that content where's that good content where's yep. that content that's going to edify christ with that yeah strong stories and and this is in my opinion i believe is one so if we want to have content like this out there and more of it out there support it uh pre-order it one thing that i have done is uh and i'm sure we'll get to this is uh i uh created this this uh cutting room floor stories is what i call call it so i created these this kind of not of a tv series but these these interviews of pe- people who've known me ever since i was a, even kid even people who've known me before I was born and they all share these stories that didn't make it into the book oh yeah I got one guy who I used to sell drugs with he said share stories I got another guy I used to hustle with girls I used to hang out with they my aunt who's 100 she shares stories and I've been releasing these cutting room floor stories uh since uh since since uh the first week of November and for those who pre-ordered the a book there are there's like 20 what is it, 18 videos 18 stories that are only being released to those who pre-order. Uh, but there is there are other videos that are being released to the general public. But if you pre-order, you get access to these 18 stories that the general public won't have access to. Dude, that is dope. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, I every
1: time my friend drops a book, I book I get like a case of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have like Lacy's. I have heads, different yeah. people that that get books out. And I'm gonna get a box of your books because yeah. as I meet people, there's people that I'm like, Yeah, this dude's this dude's too raw. Like I can't get him anything out of the bookstore, <laughs> but I could send him this book. Yeah, yeah, you know
2: what I mean. Ah, for sure.
1: So I'm I'm stoked to order that. Um, yeah, let's Thank let's you. talk about some of these stories.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, I, I'll talk about the ones that I've released so far. So, uh, the first, the first, uh, interview I released was, uh, a, a buddy of mine named Charles and, and wow, like we go way back. We've been on each other since we were like six and seven years old. And, uh, uh, you know, we played basketball together and, 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 and we started a record company. That was like where our relationship kind of ended right before I, not ended, but right before I, I went into the military, we had started a record company together. And so, um so yeah, man, he shared some he shares some stories I didn't even remember <laughs> happening, man. Um like he shared this one story of his mother. <laughs> uh you know agreeing to take me to to, to a basketball camp and how you know i would play basketball and and and, and just all of these funny things but so, so that's one guy and then you know i have a guy who i was in buds with seal training with and he has a slew of some funny stories he tells us one that's been released already of of of, of this knife inspection that we had while we were in seal training and uh uh, that it was a surprise inspection. It was early in the morning, like five in the morning, the BUDS instructors, they bring us all out on the beach and they tell us to pull out our knives and uh, and I sharpened my knife all the time, but he didn't. <laughs> and it was like, literally, it was like 55 degrees outside. It was freezing and every person that failed the knife inspection was put into the ocean. They, they had to lay down in this freezing, co- in the ocean. Uh, and get surf tortured. And so- And how, uh, how long do you sit in the ocean at this Man, moment? he was out there for like 35 minutes. Just in the,
1: and like winter, it and yeah, it, it was winter. It
2: was winter. It so was, the water was like in the morning, fifty it
1: was something,
2: freezing. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> Dude, I, I remember that. being on the beach, and there were two lines of instructors. There was one instructor who was—he was a pretty mellow instructor, yeah—and there was another instructor who was like the meanest instructor. Yeah. and SEAL training at the time. And uh, my buddy, you know, he was like, man, I'm gonna go to the easy instructor. And I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna get put in that cold water, it's gonna be the hard instructor that's gonna put me in that cold water. Cause I believe that I, I sharpen my knife right. So anyway, I go, I get my knife inspected, I pass. He goes, he gets his knife inspected, he failed. And all of the guys, as I said, who were failing was immediately getting sent to the surf zone. So he's in there freezing. I It was so cold that I remember me and a few guys we ran into the laundromat on the Bud's compound, and we turn on all the dryers in there. No way. To heat up the room, because it was that <laughs> yeah, cold, yeah, yeah. like, just dry. And these fools are sitting in the ocean. And it's sitting <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> So, uh, so after the after their surf torture ended, we went to our barracks to you know regroup and get ready for the breakfast, which was the next evolution. And I remember I'm sitting in the room and I'm chilling eating the banana. And my buddy he comes in and he is a, I mean his he's a black dude. It's not that many black dudes at seal training. It was yeah. three of us at the time. And he was he but his skin was pale, and he was just like. He drops down on his knees and he hugs himself like Ray Charles. He's like, man, tell him I'm done, dog. Tell him it's over, dog. <laughs> tell him I died. I'm not doing anything. And it was hilarious. I like, said, so what you talking about? What you...? He's like, man, I can't do nothing. Surf torture. And he used some colorful words. They surf torture the heck out of us. And uh, that was a funny story that he shared. He shared how I made fun of him in the story, but how we continue on. But so, yeah, it's all Just these, these little parts. insights. Yeah. yeah, all these stories that didn't make it into the book stories. And, and another reason why I did this was for credibility. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, there are stories in the book where I think people are going to read and be like, wow, did that really happen? Yeah, But yeah. when you hear these people who are also in the book, yep. because most of these people that share these stories are also in the book. Yeah. You know, you're going to be like, wow, like, I remember he shared this story before. This kind of had to have happened. It, it does say, bring hey, credibility to the whole yeah. book,
1: these, these stories.
2: No, absolutely. And, and also when people finally read the book, they'll be able to. Instead of having to figure out what that character looks like, what Charles looks like, or yeah. my mom, or Andoki, yeah, yeah. or these people who did business with my dad, you know, they're gonna be able to say, "Oh, I remember Obi." So when they read it and, it's, and Obi says so and so, they're gonna have his language. They're gonna have his image. As
1: where are they gonna well, get the? Where can I get these videos? Are they
2: videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cutting room. So it's board, actually
1: them. Yeah, it's actually. Oh, them. that's
2: sick. It's not me. That's I, I, sick. I, I interviewed uh, one of my dad's business partners. Um, in Nigeria, who was my dad's business dude? That's business gonna bring the whole book died. to life because they're, exactly. they're gonna know the characters exactly, <laughs> exactly. Cool. Um, and and I, I interviewed him in Nigeria, Obi, um, and he's one of he's one of the guys who've known who knew all about my dad's business dealings, who knew all about how the Nigerian government mm-hmm. stripped us of everything financially, and so
1: uh, t- tell the listeners a little bit about your dad and when you were out there. Yeah, so
2: my dad, my dad was a uh, um, man. He was an amazing man. Um, he he was born in uh, in Nigeria, obviously into a tribal system. Uh, my grandfather, his father, his last name was Adeleke, which is my last name, and it means the crown is above. Uh, and his, his grandfather was a chief. His grandfather was royalty. Uh, my father was the firstborn son uh, to my grandfather. Now, my grandfather had like eight wives. I mean, because in that time in the tribal system and with the type of wealth and stature that my grandfather had, it was normal to have multiple wives. King Solomon vibe. King Exactly. <laughs> so my dad was the, and my grandfather had all of these daughters. And then finally with my grandmother, my grandfather had my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my grandfather died. I think my dad was about eight when my grandfather died. And so my grandmother moved down to the South of Nigeria. And at that time, Christian missionaries had, had moved into Nigeria. And so, but they weren't just teaching the Bible. They were teaching, you know, art, science, math, you know, uh, g- geography, like all of these different, it was like school essentially. Yeah. So my dad, he would, he was able to memorize things really, really quick and the teachers were just astounded. They was like, wow, this guy's a savant. Um, so my dad ended up, long story short, it's all in the book, my, my dad ends up getting a full ride scholarship to study engineering in London. So he gets his master's in engineering, he gets his master's in architecture and he gets involved in all of these businesses in London and in the US and then he decides I need to go back to Nigeria in order to develop my country. How
1: old is he at this point?
2: Uh, He had to be about 30, early 30, early, late 20s, early 30s Um, and you know, he ends up building this massive enterprise in Nigeria uh, and he amasses just so much wealth uh, and he ends up developing one of the first man-made islands in the world which is still exists to this day is called the banana island uh but at the time it was known as the lagoon development project
1: where, where's that at
2: uh it's in uh, lagos nigeria okay, okay so yes crazy. so so that's where a lot of the fight and i and we talk about the fight and we talk a lot about the corruption within nigeria in the yeah. book but that's where a lot of the fight has kind of started and and ended uh and right when the nigerian government stripped him of his wealth and his land and everything he died mysteriously um, and, and, and and we went from literally rich, traveling the world, nannies, cars, drivers, I mean, you name it, we had it. Uh, you know, we didn't live in a house, we lived on a compound. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we had dignitaries who visited our house. We threw parties. party and we lived a lavish life. We went from all of that to poor.
1: To nothing. To and no- that's like extremely poor there in Africa to nothing. too.
2: Yeah, yeah, you and my, my mom was American. So my mom, she met my dad in, in, in the United States and then when they got married, she moved to Nigeria with my dad. So my mom, she was just like, "There's no way I'm gonna raise wow. my kids here." Yeah. So that's why she came back, and I grew up in the Bronx.
1: Dang.
2: So all of that is yep. in the book, you know, and yep. and, uh, and 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 Obi, who's who, 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 as I said, was one of my dad's business partners. He shares a whole lot of stories. Some I've already kind of released, and you know. I, didn't answer your question, but if you want to find these videos, if you go to uh, YouTube and, and Transform Book YouTube channel, mm. all the videos that I've released will be there. The videos that I will release coming in the future will be releasing there as well as my IGTV on Instagram, and I I released videos on Facebook and, and other platforms as well. Dude, that's media awesome. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. So many, so many different stories. What, uh, what, what's your, what's your mom? Is she, what's your mom up to these days?
2: Yeah, she's still alive. As a matter of fact, she's coming out uh, in t- two weeks, man, um, to-, to California. She's still yeah, in she's the Bronx. The East Coast. Yeah, yeah, she's still in New York and the Bronx. I'm trying to get her to move out, you know, move to San Diego because she has three grand boys out here. Oh, yeah, here. you got
1: to get her out. So I'm she, she out, yeah. she's like to East Coast. She's like, no, I'm not doing the weather. Yeah, Coast
2: man. man, she's just like, <laughs> man, I'm a New Yorker. I can't do California. I'm like, dude, this is the weather. You're like, you can't do this weather? I don't understand. She, she's yeah. too much of a city, city person.
1: So. I know, no, dude, I know it's it's true. The, yeah. uh, I mean, this is not the, this is definitely not the city.
2: Yeah, here. I don't mind
1: it. But you got the weather. <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, I grew up in the Bronx, man. So for me, I mean, this is paradise. Dude. It gets hot though, huh? And the it gets cold and like super hot,
2: humid. Hum, yeah,
1: humidity. Hot and humid. And That's something. the problem is the humidity. Yeah, yeah. We, we went, um, we went out to the, we went out to New York for like a skate. We were out there to go film, and we got there in October and. I guess the cold just dropped early in New York at that yeah, time. Yeah. We showed up with like a zip up and we were like, wait, we got to get like beanies and gloves. Yeah. We were like, change the flights. We're out of here. Yeah, yeah. It just got too cold. <laughs> but then I've been there in the summer too, where you're just like, dude, the humidity is just too much. Oh yeah, dude. Is this just because all the buildings? I mean, I,
2: I mean, don't do, uh, just kind of mix of everything. Yeah. I think it's, you know, being up North then you got the Atlantic. I, I don't know the science behind it. It's, yeah. It's maybe it's just because it's New York. <laughs>
1: but New York's, New York's, New York's yeah. dope. So. Uh, you've been you've been doing a lot of speaking too. I wanna I wanna definitely talk about some of your speaking stuff yeah. because I want people to definitely get a hold of you. Yeah, you've been working a lot with uh, Frank Sontag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing the Kingdom Kingdom Men Gathering. Kingdom yeah. Men Gathering. I went to the one out in it was somewhere up in uh, LA by the beach, and I think Victor Marks was like one of the main speakers. Daryl Strawberry, you weren't there on this one. Victor Marks and um, I think there was like a quarterback or something for the. Raiders. I don't know. There's a huge lineup, but they had a bunch of dudes. Wow. Five hundred guys got saved. Oh wow, wow. It was a it was a big deal. But um what uh you did you were you a part of one in San Diego? Yeah, yeah.
2: So I did the I did the the first one this year, actually right before I flew to Nigeria. That was at uh it was a at a church in LA. I can't remember. It was a big church. Oh, it was in LA too? Yeah. I thought it was down in San Diego. No, the first one wasn't that I did this year was in LA. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the second one, I think, was... I can't remember where the second one was because I was out of town during the second one. Yeah. And then the third one I just did uh, a few weeks ago, actually. Was Dude, that's San dope. Diego, and that was with Pastor Miles and Pastor Sergio. And that's right. That's the yeah. one I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So how, that was cool, man.
1: How's uh? So, how, are, you, are you... Like, what do you... Uh, are you speaking around town in different places? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, you know... um. Uh, I, I've been blessed with the opportunity to share different churches and, and, and share the gospel, share my testimony, do men's conferences, youth conferences. So yeah. I I travel all, all over the country when time permits. Um, I'm actually going to be out in Denver in February uh, at some prisons because I do prisons as well. Yeah, yeah I got into prison ministry earlier this year and, dude, it changed my heart. I was just like, wow, just the hunger of of, of the inmates and, and, and just— they're hungry for the gospel, man, and so yeah, dude. Wherever wherever I get invited, that's my second. How, uh, so
1: how that door open for the prisons?
2: Um, I spoke at a uh, uh, at a Red Rocks Church. Red Rocks Church is a is a big church out in Colorado, and uh, I spoke out there. I want to say, wow! It was earlier this year, mm-hmm. and uh, they had what's the name? Celebrate Recovery. They have a celebrate. Yep, Recovery. Yep. Celebrate Nation. Recovery. Yep. So they were having their yearly Celebrate Recovery um, event, and and I came and I spoke, and and right before I spoke, the pastor said, "Hey, Remy, can you uh, can you? This is going to be live streamed." to the prison inmates, so can you do say something special for them in the message? So, so they got the live
1: stream hooked up for that. Yeah, so I was like, That's
2: absolutely, sick. absolutely. So I, you know, in my message, I kinda like, I kinda rewrote it in a way where I was not just speaking to the audience in front of me, but I was speaking to the inmates as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, afterwards the pastor said, if you ever wanna come back and do prison ministry, let me know, like I'll have you do it. It's not for everyone I know, but just let me know. And I was just like, Yeah, dude, like I'm down to do prison ministry, dude. And so he he had me out. Um he had me back like a month later. And he had me in, in two of the prisons out there, men's prison, women's maximum security prison.
1: They're separate they're separate. Yeah, uh, so
2: yeah, separate places. Mm-hmm. And uh wow, man, wow,
1: wow. Well you know what, hold that thought, dude, because we're gonna be going to break here in a couple in like a minute or less. And I want to hear actually more about that because I want to hear what's what's happening inside the prison because yeah. you got obviously convicts, you got the murderers, murderers you got you got the whites, everything. the blacks, the yeah. Mexicans, you got the whole I want to hear how all that works with the gospel message. So we got Remy Edelecki in studio. Check out uh plug your plug your website
2: again. transformstory.com. You can pre-order his book, check it out. There's videos.
1: Um, a lot of you guys that know about the movement we uh, we continue to tour the public school system our tour has opened worldwide we just got back from Australia we were in uh, San Jose we're actually going to Colombia working on some South Africa stuff and different parts of the United States contact us at the info at the email us we'd love to come out there we give the gospel the kids are hungry for it man I'm telling you we are living in the times where people uh, there's just more so live much stuff. Ryan
0: Reese coming up. Uh, Is everything all right? Sure. Call now, one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I
2: speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to live with Ryan Reese.
1: All right, we are back with Remy Edelecki. You guys know him from the Transformer movie. He has a book coming out. Many sick stories. So, um yeah, so basically right before the break, Remy, yeah. we were talking about how you went out to a church, spoke of Colorado at the uh, Red Rock Church. Yeah. I've heard of that church. Yeah, yeah. I went I just was in Colorado and they were telling me about It's awesome. This man. church. It's like a big church out
2: there. Yeah, it's been they got a, I think like four or five campuses throughout the Throughout the state of California, they have a campus in Brussels, and then the prison is actually one of their official campuses. So they Dude, partner with, uh, yeah. So they, they so every Sunday they do service at the prisons. So they have the volunteers come in, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and then they stream the previous Sunday service. Oh yeah. They partner with a ministry called God Behind Bars. Have you ever heard of God Behind Bars?
1: Uh, no, I know I have not okay. but I don't know much about prison
2: ministry. Though. Okay, yeah. So they partnered with them, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, man. It's because you go in and you you're locked in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's yeah. the first thing. That's the first thing that comes to mind is you go in and you are in there, and you and, I, and me as a seal, I'm always looking for a way to escape.
1: Yeah, and yeah. there's no way to escape. Isn't that crazy?
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember I walked into the women's prison. And, well, no, when I walked into the men's prison, um, we went into this, w- walked into this, um,
1: the war, they're different wards, gym. right?
2: Yeah, well, it was wards, but w- it was this gym, this open bay gym where, where the prisoners are allowed to congregate okay. and have church and all this stuff, right? And you walk in there, and it's like one guard, one guard with one all guard them, guard with like, <laughs> oh, shoot. yeah, with like, that's it was like it was like 60, 70 dudes at the service, so. You know what I mean? You hey, but, uh,
1: is it is all mixed like all the all the mixed, races together. Everybody
2: is Spanish, white. Are they black. segregated in church? Oh, or are they, they're they they mixed. sit wherever they want to sit. So I mean, so you get some guys who sit with their groups, but yeah. for the most part, like like the men's service, a lot of the guys that were there were were guys who come to every service for the yeah. most part. For yeah. the most part, but then there were guys who came because they were like, man, I heard a Navy Seal was coming to speak. Gotcha. And 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 and, and so they came. Um, but but it's powerful because one, like I said, they don't do anything for the most part all day long. So to have somebody come out yeah. and share the gospel yeah. means a lot to them. So they're extremely grateful. So, um they're attentive. Mm-hmm. Um they they they're not afraid to say, Hey, I need prayer for this. They're not afraid to speak up on, on on issues. I remember at the end of the service, I said, Hey, at the men's service, I said, Hey, any questions? And they have questions. You know, about not, hey, how's things going on in the outside world? Hey, this scripture says this, what should I yeah. do here, yeah, this and that. yeah And um, another interesting thing I found, and what really resonated with me was the fact that they had an instant respect for me, not because I was a pastor, but because I was a SEAL. Yes, Uh I yes. remember one guy, he was in there for like double murder, you know, tattooed up and all of this. And, and uh he came up to me, he walked up on me, and I'm like, what's up, man? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and... Uh, he said, "He said, man. He said, you know, you're like us. You're like us." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Man, you, you you're a hard dude like us, and that's why you know I don't have a problem listening to what you have to say about Jesus." And uh, and that kind of triggered something in my mind, and I was like, "I need to do relatable, more. yeah, relatable. It's just that relatable aspect." Um, so yeah, it's 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 amazing. And then the women, the women's prison is the women's prisons. Believe it or not, was wilder than the men's prison, because the, the men's prison I went to was a was a high level prison, but the women's prison I went to was a level five maximum security prison. Murder, murder, a lot of murders in there, a lot of you know, you know, story, a lot of bad crimes. Mm. Um, but you're going in, you you sit with and mothers, I'm talking about a lot of mothers in there, and 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 they're open and they're soft and 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 it, it was like I forgot about that you're in prison, that they were in prison yeah. for things that they had done, mm-hmm. um, but also very gracious, very open. And all of them were just like, we want, please tell the outside world, we want more people to come. We want more people to come from the outside to share the gospel with us. We want more people to come from the outside and teach us. We need this. And and God Behind Bars in a lot of these prison ministries, they'll they'll bring in speakers. They just don't have the funding. And I told the prisons, as a matter of fact, I'm going back out to the prison February uh, 9th and 10th. I told him, I said, I don't need a dime. Yeah. You just get me there, and I will show. I will show up once a month to these prisons. Dude, that's it's, sick. It's just that it's that powerful of an experience. It really is. It puts things in perspective, and 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 you know, I know more my past the things I did in the past. You know, I sold drugs, I ran scams, I did a lot of stuff where I should be in prison yeah. still. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. I got a boy I used to run with. He's sitting in prison right now. Mm-hmm. You know, for strong arm robbery. And so, you know, after walking out of that place, I was just, like, grateful. Like, God, you spared me. Thank you for showing me grace, you know, and allowing me to be where I'm at today. You know, so was, I feel like it's my duty to go back.
1: Dang. Well, if you ever want to go to uh, San Jose uh, Juvenile Hall Detention Center, my friend has a door uh, to get in there. Yeah. I was able to go in, and um, they have the same thing. They have two units that are max uh, security or, like, murders. Like, one kid was 13 years old with uh, 30 felonies. Wow. 30 felonies, 13. Wow. And you, you, like you said, you just forget that yeah. you're in. I, mean, as, I was with kids. I've never been to a, a, like a, a grown man prison you yeah, know, yeah. over 18. These are all just young kids. Yeah. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, these are just like just yeah. little kids. Yeah. You know, and then they're like, yeah, man, I have 30 felonies. You know, I'm robbery. You know, yeah. so, You know, the whole thing. I'm just like crazy. But they are. They're open. Yeah. But that prison, I was always nervous to go into like a real, like a, yeah. you know, big prison because that same situation, you have one person. There's like 60. Yeah. And one guard. It's like. Dude, if anything pops
2: up, you're ain't done. That, yeah. I'm not no Navy SEAL. Yeah. That's well, that's it don't matter. You ain't gotta be you, you could be all Megatron, huh? he man wrapped in one. <laughs> if you in a if, you, if a riot breaks out of you, you're uh, you, you on your own, you on your own. Man. It's seriously, huh? The, yeah, the women's prison, it was like three hundred women showed up to the service. Yeah. And oh, really? Like, they were two there were two guards. Yeah. There the, the, more women showed up to the service than the men. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, Dude,
1: that's so awesome you do that, man. Yeah. You got to keep doing that. That's such I will, a. Man. And you know, you get, you, honest, I'm not trying to sound Christianese, but you know, you do get blessed by when you go in those situations. Yeah. You you walk out and you're like, you know what? Dude, I got more blessed going there, leaving than than you think that you're going to go bless people or whatever. Yeah. Dude, you walk away just going, man, that was just so sick.
2: Yeah, God. no, absolutely. No, you know, 100%. That's
1: dude, that, okay, about. so that that's a rad story. Yeah. So, uh, was there was there any uh any like particular one situ one story from from that from being in prison with a guy or a girl that was just like blew your mind
2: well you know there were a lot but the yeah. one that sticks out to me right now is yeah. um I, I preached on 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 the manhood of Jesus at the men's prison mm-hmm. and uh uh you know I just preached on how you know Jesus is a man's man he's not this punk he's not this person that floats on a cloud and, and has Manicure his hands manicured, and his hands—he's like a hard. He was a hard, rough, strong man. Yeah. Um. He's a lion of Judah. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? And and even and that's who he is now. And I think you know media, TV, and even Christians at the time they've painted Jesus in this weak, timid yep. light. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I preached on that uh, at the men's prison on on the manhood of Jesus. And afterwards, a group of men came up to me. Uh, and they said to me, they said, Remy, thank you so much for preaching on that because that has changed my perspective. Uh, and one of the guys said, you know, yeah, you know, in this prison, all of the men, when we go out to the yard, all of the Christians are viewed as weak. We're all viewed as weak mm-hmm. because we follow Jesus and all the other prisoners who are not who are not Christians. They view Jesus as weak. So because they view Jesus as weak, they view us as weak. But now that you've come in and flipped the paradigm and shown Mm -hmm. that Jesus is not weak and he's strong and he's bold, he's humble and gracious, but he's still strong and bold. Now I could walk out in the yard with confidence knowing that the Jesus I follow is not weak. He's strong and it takes more strength at times to be a follower of Jesus than it does to be a gangster or a murderer or to pull a gun or to punch somebody in the face that, because they disrespect you, you know? And so that was a moment that really stuck out to me because it was a group of men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could tell that 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 they needed to hear that because their everyday life in this in that prison was I'm weak because of who I follow, because of how, how, how my, my, my leader is viewed. Does it
1: get more hardcore or more punk rock or more manly or more warrior-esque, more Viking, more William Wallace than to come out of eternity to die on the cross Mm. for mankind, to get that brutal death, spit, whipped, 39 whips? You know the story. Oh, yeah. Does it get more hardcore... Than that. Than that. Yeah. And then, as us, as men following Jesus, does it get more hardcore to deny self and do what's right Amen. than to just go along and yeah. cheat on your wife or go out
2: and Snort do coke. Co- whatever, yeah. Dude,
1: that stuff's easy. Yeah. You know how easy that stuff is to do? Yeah. I can go get a bottle, buy a bottle right now and go to a strip club and do a bunch of cocaine and go c- cook up with some girls and yeah. that's so easy yeah. to pile out and, and, and stand for nothing. Exactly. That's easy yeah. to do.
2: Uh, exactly. Uh,
1: the hard 100%. thing is to do what's right. Yes. Right and and actually stand for something, absolutely, and raise a dope family exactly. that are gonna do be the next next tastemakers and stand for something, do big things. Around. That's hard. Exactly, that's hard to be a parent. No, that's absolutely. hard to do all that stuff. Yeah, that's what see, this whole misconception, it's
2: deception, man, of
1: of <laughs> it is of what Jesus is. You know, you see these things. You know these these pictures of Jesus, in uh, on the wall in Sunday yeah. school, and has Jesus like holding this lamb, and he's in the field, and he's yeah. like follow me <laughs> yeah. dude i don't even read that in the bible no never yeah he's a good shepherd yeah he's gonna look out for us and he wants that he wants the best for us that's why he gave us the 10 commandments Amen. don't lie don't cheat don't you know don't do these things because these these are these are these these uh these commandments are set up to protect us absolutely from a bunch of crap that will enter our life and destroy us yeah but dude jesus was punk rock. Jesus went in and kicked over everything in the temple, made a whip, and chased all the men and women out. I went there to Israel. I seen it. Yeah. He he, he had this, like, monthly crew of dudes, these disciples. I mean, he, he didn't stay in some, like, baller hotel. He was out there in the streets. Yeah. You know, they were walking around. They were. They, they didn't have tons of money. I mean, dude, dude. he was a carpenter. He was a construction man. Pretty.
2: Yeah, but with a stonemason. As a matter of fact, it's funny. I'm going I'm to touch on what I touched on. Go ahead. I broke down that temple story for the men. Do it. And I said, listen, guys, I said, check this out. When you read the temple story, here's something that you have to pay attention to. Yes. First off, Jesus walks into the temple and he sees that he sees the money changes, exchanging money illegally, and all of these other things. That ripping, off the ripping off the poor. Ripping off the poor. And also, mm-hmm. in Jewish culture, at the time, you were supposed to raise your lamb mm-hmm. and bring your lamb to the temple, this land that you invested in over time, and bring that to the temple. Mm. Instead, people were buying broke, jacked up lambs there, and they were bypassing. So so when it says he was consumed with passion, we got to understand he was upset because they were disrespecting his pops. They were disrespecting daddy. So when you look at the scripture, and it says clearly, it says Jesus makes a whip. And he chases all the men and animals out of the temple. Got to pay close attention. The disciples didn't help him. Mm -hmm. Mary Magdalene didn't help him. Wild man Peter didn't help him. Jesus by himself chased more than 30 men and animals out of a temple. You got to look at that. That takes Debo strength. That takes boldness. That's a real man. One man chasing more than 30 people, that ain't no weak, timid, corny person. Mm -mm. Even the cross, and I broke down with the men about the cross. I said, let's look at the cross, man. Before Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't fresh. What do I mean by that? He was dehydrated, sleep deprived. His body was was in ribbons. He had been beaten like a rag doll. Most historians will tell you that Most people who went through a Roman beating, the beating was so bad that they didn't they didn't even survive the Roman beating. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was beaten. And and the type of beating he got, most people didn't even survive that beating. And then historians tell us that after the beating, he carried the cross a quarter of a mile. He walked a quarter of a mile. Part of it, he carried the cross by himself. Part of it was uphill. Mm -hmm. Now, that takes Strength. That takes physical strength. If, I mean, cuts everywhere, sweat from his head, stinging his open wounds, wounds, every buttocks out, everything exposed. No sleep the night before. No sleep. Yeah. But he's still walking yep. with this cross a quarter of a mile. Now, not only does that take physical strength, but that also takes mental strength. Why does that take mental strength? Because at any point, Jesus could have pushed the stop button. Think about it is mm-hmm. when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and Peter pulled out the sword to go cut off uh, the, and cut off the dude's ear. Mm-hmm. Jesus picked up the dude's ear, put it back on his head. And Jesus said, Peter, in so many words, check this out. I appreciate you trying to help me out. Mm-hmm. But check this out. At any moment, I could call down a legion of angels.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. At any point. And we got to remember in the book of, uh, of of Chronicles, when David sinned against God. And numbered Israel, God sent one angel, and that one angel killed 70,000 people in three days. And here Jesus said, Peter, at any point, (laughs) I could push the stop button and call down legions of angels. But Jesus didn't do that. He pushed through mentally, physically, spiritually. And that's a real man. That's a strong man, not just in the physical, but in the mental, by not pushing that button, and in the spiritual. And that's the leader I follow, and that's what I told the men. That's the leader you follow. He ain't weak. He ain't corny. He ain't timid. Mm-mm. He's not. And mm. I think that's the that's definitely deception of of
1: this world. And I believe that as 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 I talk to a lot of these kids as well in the schools, as I paint this picture of that Jesus was radical. Yeah, he's not he's not this timid little weak thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're identifying. When yeah. I say Jesus Christ is punk rock in school, you see them all like, what?
2: Yeah, and then
1: you explain what he did, and they're yeah. like. Dude, I'm in.
2: Yeah, yeah. We thought
1: it was just this little weak thing. And then also what happened in the temple, too, that was ran by the Romans. Yeah, the Roman guards there. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is chasing out all these men and animals, and the Roman guards are there. Yep. So the disciples are like, dude, this dude said follow me like he's wilding out right now. Like, yeah, yeah, What yeah. the heck is happening right now? This was radical.
2: Radical. Yeah.
1: Jesus was radical.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: And that's the Jesus that I follow. Amen. That is radical and ready ready to tear it up in Jesus' name and, and change the world. Amen. And that's how we have to be. And that's what I love about you is you got the heart of, of Jesus, man, and, and you're doing it. Yeah. And this is the world, the world that we live in. They need to hear your story. Absolutely. They need to hear that that Jesus isn't timid. He's a man's man. He wants to he wants to do what's right, and he wants to walk with us. He knows when we're going through these man problems. Mm-hmm. He was, he was there. Exactly. He shares that pain. He went to the man. cross. He knows, so he knows when we're in those weak. He he struggled with all those he same things. He faced every
2: temptation. He faced in them Hebrews, all. every temptation that we face.
1: He didn't bow down, but he he faced them, and uh, he knows what's what's best. So I know we have like a few minutes left. I don't know. We might have like ten minutes left or something. Yeah. But you also have Brad yeah, yeah. in studio. Yeah. And uh, Brad, you you got some other cool thing going on for, for from um, broken homes or parents from yeah, broken yeah. I'm, homes. Yeah, I'm, I'm Yeah,
2: gonna, yeah. Gonna yeah do it. <laughs> so, yeah. so, tell so, us about so, it. So you know, Brad, he's my assistant. We met in uh, we went through we, we met at acting school and then um, uh, we went through the Lee Strasberg Film and TV institute together. And a few things about this kid. He he's not a kid, he's a man. Yes. You know, he's t- twenty two he takes care of his responsibilities he's a hard worker he works for me so i know he's a hard worker (laughs) and he has a heart for people and and where a lot of when a lot of young people his age are on social media instagram facebook twitter and they're doing posts about look at me look at me or they're doing crazy posts about jumping off of buildings or doing something crazy you know stealing bags of chips out of the store he's out here and he created this organization i'm gonna let him talk more about where he is meeting the needs of single parents. It's called Single Hope Foundation. And um, man, without further to do, I just wanted to you know introduce him because I'm proud of him and his organization is doing some awesome things. So Thank I'll let you. him talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, so it's, it's called Single Hope Foundation.
0: We're out on all different social media platforms. And uh, essentially why I created this is because throughout my life, different people such as um, strangers actually came in my mom and I's lives and provided Thanksgivings, Christmases, cars, clothes, uh different things like that that created hope for my mom and i to move forward in awesome. life um and so a little background on my mom she was the largest supplier of crystal meth in san diego and so we grew up in uh some hard times i got to life. yeah yeah and i got to watch you know different people come in and not only change my mom's life but just really show what kind of path that i wanted to go on so uh what single hope is is we're going in these single parent family homes and uh, we're capturing their story right then and there and in the midst of that, meeting a need. Um, there's just we're on our just actually hit our tenth family. So um Dude, that's awesome. I'm just really trying to shape social media and not let social media shape us. Yep. Especially me being twenty two years old mm-hmm. and a lot of people out there, uh just putting a negative, essentially embarrassing people out in public to make themselves get gain a like, gain a follow.
1: Yeah, you see that? It's pretty wild out there, huh?
0: Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, it's just been a blessing. So,
1: so you guys are, you guys are down in San Diego. We are. And, uh, how do, how do people, so you're just working with a bunch of different families. Yeah. And is there like, can people come and come alongside to help you guys or?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I partnered with an organization called city hope now. And what they uh, do is they help survivors of human trafficking and domestic violence. So, um, with them being my backbone, you guys can find us out on uh, SingleHopeFoundation.com mm. and then also on every social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and YouTube. So we release the full stories out there.
2: Dude, awesome, man. Yeah, right. You could donate on singlehopefoundation.com and yeah. .org, right? Uh, dot, com, dot com. Dot com. And uh, the cool thing is, um, you know, the people come out of nowhere. So yeah. he, he gets phone calls from from families. Hey, I heard that you did this for this family. You know, I, I know a family that's in need. So it's it's been spreading. And, and, and a, a lot of young people um, who he's going to high school with, they've heard about it. And so they've been coming alongside to yeah. help support. I know you're doing the, what the Christmas thing. Uh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got a, a family this uh, actually this Sunday. So mother of four boys, lost her husband and uh sent her a phone call she has no clue who i am and i you know i'm no clue who she is but i heard her story yeah. and uh we actually met every single one of her uh boys needs so we got uh microsoft in there and microsoft hooked them up with the new xbox xbox gear dude that's yards. so dope so yeah it's uh it's cool you know and and i kind of created this as well is because i want these young kids to see somebody out there doing good yep and that's okay and it's not um embarrassing because people are afraid i think to uh go out and 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 step over the line a little bit to do something for somebody else
1: i i you know uh i interviewed a guy the other day last week mike from Pottersfield. field he, he works with a bunch of millennials mm-hmm. and uh and he was talking about how the millennial you're a millennial obviously yeah. <laughs> um you know you guys want to be a part of something bigger than yourself yes and this is uh this is it you're just you're channeling what what this generation wants to do. And you're showing them, this is what it looks like. And once they get their hands in it and doing it, it just gets a hold of them. And that's what we need. I mean, you know, I just told you the statistic with them, with California alone, 50% of kids in school come from broken homes. So these are, this is like the fatherless, you know, generation. So like what you're doing, huge need, people need to get involved. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of work to do, you know, and, and, and if we, if we can meet these kids right now where they're at, yeah, you're, it's prevention of what can happen later on with, I mean, look yeah. with, with Remy, fatherless. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Dude, wild out, you know, a story, drug, selling drugs and, and and womanizing the whole, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is where you guys come in, share the gospel yeah. and meet them where they're at. And then that could prevent from...
0: Change your trajectory. You yeah. just change
1: the whole direction. You know? Absolutely. That's
0: dope, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You know, I, I kind of figured out is, I think when we have free time, it's easy to do the wrong thing. It's easy to get in trouble, especially at my age. Yeah. So if you figure out something that you're passionate about, that you love, and it's a way of serving others, yeah. um, you've touched into something special. Yeah. Not only for yourself, it's going to make your heart stronger. It's going to make you a better person. Set the example. Set yeah. the example. Yeah. So,
1: Dude, well, thanks a lot for for coming out. And yeah, I'm no, sure yeah. people are going to be stoked on it look you up. Rami, you know, we have a couple minutes left, yeah. but uh, you did come out to our church, Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. Yeah,
2: man. When you going to have
1: me back, man? Dude, I, I've been touring. <laughs> I don't even go there. I mean, no, actually, no, this no, is I'm bad for the radio, but now, <laughs> I, live in, I live in Orange County, yeah. and I barely go up there, but I would need to get you back there. I, yeah, I want to hit up Sean. Yeah. You came out. You killed it. We had a huge turnout when you came, yes, and blessing, people man. were stoked. It was a blessing. I man. just can't believe it's been two years. It's been two
2: years. Well, a year, <laughs> a year in
1: like eight months. Well, this is the good news. Yeah. I'm planning to start teaching up there again. Okay. So I'm thinking I'm starting next month, and then I'm going to be up there. So I'll be back plugged in there, and we got to yeah. get you up for another. You know. uh, I would love for you to come and share about Jesus uh, yeah, and I, that whole thing that you were talking about. a
2: whole lot of messages.
1: Dude, man, so that, that would know. be <laughs> sick, man. <laughs> so, yes, um, yeah, fi- people could find you on Instagram, Remy yeah, Adelecki. Yeah,
2: so Remy Adelecki on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And your book. Um, your my book. book, TransformStory.com. Again, yep. go to TransformStory.com with tons of information on there. You could pre-order now and, and uh, get access to exclusive videos if you pre-order.
1: If you want to get a little taste of his story, you can go to IamSecond.com and check that out, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an excellent film on his story. And, again, this book, I'm going to tell you right now, I know his story. Uh, this book is going to be for that that person that you're like, Man, this dude, I keep you inviting to church or this yeah. girl. They won't go. Uh, They—they're just not really feeling the whole Christian thing. This is going to be the book that's going to be raw, but it's going to lead them right through the rawness to Jesus Christ. You got to get it. I'm personally going to get a box of books for the whosoever's office. So uh, when I meet people in the streets, um, I'll have a box in my back of my car. I could just give them out. But it's—I know what this book's going to be, and it's going to be sick. So it comes out when.
2: Uh, right now, April fifteenth. So, so the, the 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 date was January twenty second yeah. for all those who l- are listening and already pre-ordered. But we had to move the date to April fifteenth because of the, the Pentagon.
1: All right, uh, we'll get get your book ordered, uh, and follow the dot Get us out to your guys's local middle schools, high schools. We've been hitting colleges, and I got to share it at Boulder University in Colorado. It's the second most liberal city in the United States, and God opened the door, and a grip of those students got saved. So the power of the gospel, it's the power of the gospel unto salvation. It's potent. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. We have to go out and preach the gospel. We have to get the word out. We literally have to get it out of our mouth, and it has the power to save. So we have all been called to the Great Commission, so go live it out in your local communities with your friends, family, and let them know that Jesus Christ loves them. Amen. Remy, yes, sir. Thank you for being on the
2: show, thank man. You, brother Ryan, appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on, man. All right,
1: man. Love you. Thank you too for being yeah. on. Yeah, thank you. All right, we'll talk to you guys next Saturday night. Peace.
0: This has been live with Ryan Race. To connect or find out more about Ryan. Click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.